The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You are now logged in to Real Time Digital. Presented by thejargroup.com. Online marketing with measurable results. Welcome to two of the Jar Group's savviest internet marketers, Emily Liebblad and Lauren Garcia. Listen as these digital divas analyze hot trends and chat with the in crowd of the digital world. Real Time Digital starts in real time, in real time, right now. Hello and welcome to Real Time Digital. I am Lauren Garcia. And I'm Emily Liebblad. And we are digital analysts at The Jar Group, a full-service digital marketing agency located in Dumbo in Brooklyn. Funny you say that, Lauren. Um, <laughs> today on our show, we're actually going to be highlighting a lot of, uh, of the things that are happening in Dumbo. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Dumbo, it's not the Disney character who can fly. Um, Dumbo is the neighborhood in Brooklyn. It stands for Down Under the Manhattan Bridge Overpass. And the reason why it should be on your radar is because it is becoming a huge digital mecca. And in fact, the Wall Street Journal just released an article titled Man- Mad Men Meet the Dumbo Crew. Um, so basically, Dumbo is um, just an up and coming neighborhood where there's a lot of digital marketing companies. Um, everything from, um, you know, digital, digital online marketing agencies to develop developers and programmers, just anything you could think of that's digital. So move over Madison Avenue. Um, and that's kind of, it's kind of the overriding theme of our show today. Uh, the guests that we'll be interviewing in just a few minutes are all located in Dumbo. So, um, just a little background. But first to get us started, of course, we'll have our usual what's hot and what's not. Not hot. And to get it started, I just wanted to take it with um, what's hot fledgling, today, <laughs> fledgling wine is very hot, I think. I think it is an example of... Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. What is fledgling wine? It, well, fledgling wine is Twitter's new wine. And I think $20 of every bottle, if I'm not mistaken, goes to the nonprofit... Room to Read, which is, um, again, a nonprofit to help educate children around the world. So on my radar, that's extremely hot. When huge companies or people with a big um, platform to, to get the word out for, for great causes really takes advantage of that to help other people, I think that's extremely hot. That's right. That is hot. <laughs> what is this on the, are, how are they selling this wine over Twitter? Can you, can you pre-order over Twitter? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but you could probably, you could probably tweet at them to find out. Yeah, you should do that. Um, what's not hot? Hmm. Probably drinking too much of that nonprofit wine yeah. and getting sloppy drunk. Yeah. Not hot. <laughs> Keep it in your yeah. That's not hot. But yeah, that, that really is cool. I'm excited to hear how that goes yeah. for them. So, good job Twitter on, on doing something great. Very cool. So what else is hot, Em? Um, what else is hot? That we've seen lots of stuff in the blogs about Google TV. Yeah. Everybody's really excited about that all over Twitter. Um, I've seen tons of articles about that on TechCrunch and Mashable. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely was one to tweet about Google TV. I think it's a great 
could take off. I'm not sure how it'll go. I'm eager to see the pricing on it. Um, but I think it's a really great idea, you know, being able to integrate not only your shows that you watch on TV, but what channels you like to watch on YouTube, you know, updating your status on your social networks, everything like that, all integrated into one TV. Google TV. So the story is, if I understand it right, it's you can either purchase a Google TV, which means you can search directly onto the television interface, um, or you can buy a box that attaches to your TV and basically use it, and it'll have full web browsing functionality. Is that is that understood right? Is that uh, how it's going to work? I think so. You know, I mean, you can always get online, obviously, on Google and, and learn more about that. But just something to keep on the radar. And I thought it was interesting because... I think Apple has had um, an Apple TV version out for a little bit now. Um, I'm not sure if it has the exact same capabilities, but I thought it was interesting that, you know, with the Google-Apple feud going on right now, that, that they would come out with such a similar product. Actually, it's not that surprising, given the feud. <laughs> but, you know, something to keep on the radar. <laughs> so what's not hot? If Google TV is smoking, what is not smoking. <laughs> um, not even having TiVo. I mean, I can't even record the shows that I watch. You don't have TiVo? No, I have to be like, okay, it's it's 9 o'clock. i got to get back and watch Lost. Like, sorry, I can't meet you for drinks after work. Like, gotta, gotta, can't record it. So that's definitely not hot. Oh, don't worry. It's probably le even less hot to be ha not even have a TV, right? Well, I guess this solves all your problems. Cause, right. Yeah. Yeah, I watch all my shows on the internet anyways, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm big on Hulu at this point. One of my roommates got me started on that, so cool. I'm excited. All right, well, yeah, it's maybe it's time to turn in that cardboard box of a TV and uh, get, get a Google TV. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Let's see. One more. What's hot? Well, let's not before we get started with our interviews. Um, well, the location is still hot. Yeah, we talked like, about the consistently hot. It's going to be hot. It's, it's like the next <laughs> big thing. Uh, location wars are all the rage. Um, Last week, or last, or in our last uh, radio show, we talked about how location, location, location is hot, and it is still smoking. Um, you know, there's still huge battles to be the check-in champs everywhere you go, and in fact, Facebook just announced that it's soon going to be introducing its geolocation platform. Oh my goodness. Geotargeting, yeah. Um, so there's been a little bit of controversy, I feel, about that. Um, yeah, Facebook is like hot and extremely not hot at the same time with all the privacy issues going on, people yeah. are getting rid of their Facebook accounts, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty insane, um, you know, there's just really, really bad sentiment about the open graph uh, changes that have been taking place on Facebook, and I mean, I don't know, people usually kind of eventually end up adapting to whatever face, uh, changes Facebook makes, but in this case, I'm really not sure, like, I, a lot of people have just had enough with all the changes going down without anybody's approval, and they just kind of do their own thing. Right. Um, I know I keep seeing all these um, blog posts, like, why I'm getting rid of my Facebook account, why, oh, five reasons why I'm keeping it, and, like, all these things on tips on, on securing your privacy. It's just getting yeah. out of hand. I mean, I always thought that Facebook would, just my prediction, Facebook would outlive Twitter, just because... People have invested so much time into Facebook, and it's just basically a huge content storing platform. Right. People have you know, their histories. They have all their friends and contacts in there. They have years of photos stored at this point. So it's a really, really bold statement for these huge people on Facebook to be organizing um, 
efforts to get a bunch of people together just to entirely delete their accounts. Yeah. Like, Exodus. it's huge. Yeah, Matt, exactly. So, I mean, I think, you know, Facebook needs to, Mark Zuckerberg, whatever you're doing, you might want to take out. a look. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. I mean, I'm, I'm literally like, I would never delete my Facebook just because, you know, those, my college years are stored in there, <laughs> but, um, it says a lot. You can see, you can tell it's a pretty, it's a pretty big thing to be saying that you're going to delete your Facebook account. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. So we'll see, I guess we'll see how this, um, this geo targeting platform of theirs works. Right. Right. And I mean, they do have the huge base and people are kind of debating, um, whether or not it'll be a competitor with Gowalla and Foursquare. And then on like the shopping side loops and the gaming geo targeting like my town um, and those types of programs. Right. Um, I mean they do have the user base, but we'll see what they can do with it. They'll see if we can if they're t if they're uh, partnering with really huge companies to give great discounts or what are they gonna what are they gonna do to entice Facebook users to use their places platform. I don't know, but it's an exciting time in digital. Yeah, and, absolutely. And speaking of being hot, hot and <laughs> digital, we are very excited to have several digital guests today. All from Dumbo. From Dumbo. Woo. Um, our first guest on the show will be Greg Gallant, the CEO of Sawhorse Media. Very cool. Very cool. We're thrilled to have him on the show. Um, and then after that, we are going to be talking to the founders of Digital Dumbo, which is actually a monthly meetup in Dumbo, founded by the Jar Group's very own Andrew Zarek and um, Caitlin Villanova from Carrot Creative, which is another agency in Dumbo. So we're thrilled to talk to these guests. So hold up, and we'll bring, bring you all back after the break. Real Time Digital will be back after this download from our sponsors. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the Jar Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The Jar Group, online marketing with measurable results. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. How would you like to not ever have to deal with a gatekeeper again? Can't find the direct contact for the decision maker? Stop calling the main directory. Because now there's Lead Researcher from eGrabber, the one-stop source for finding contact information online. eGrabber finds email addresses or lets you find people with their email address. Just look up a company name and eGrabber gives you a complete list of names, IDs, email addresses, and phone numbers that you need fast. Think of the time that you'll save with Lead Researcher. Learn more about Lead Researcher at www.egrabber.com slash WMR. That's egrabber.com slash WMR. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. 
Welcome back to Real Time Digital, presented by thejargroup.com. Online marketing with measurable results. Here are your digital divas, Emily and Lauren. All right, welcome back to Real Time Digital. We are thrilled to bring you our first guest of the day. This is Greg Gallant, the CEO of Sawhorse Media. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. It's great to be here. Yes, we're very excited to have you. Um, I guess let's just get started and just tell us a little bit about the background of Sawhorse Media and, and where you got started, how you got the idea, and what it is you do. Tell everybody, tell the world. <laughs> So about a year and a half ago, we noticed that Twitter was really starting to take off in an interesting way, where kind of for the first time, unlike Facebook at the time, unlike MySpace, unlike uh, Friendster, people were really taking it seriously in, in terms of publicly creating content that was useful to audiences aside from their friends. So people were actually starting to cover topics, and we, we were kind of fascinated by this, and we thought... It was completely unstructured. How can anybody ever find who's worth following? So we thought, well, if it's a form of media, uh, you know, the Oscars has, uh, or the movies have the Oscars, plays have the Tonys. There should be an award for uh, the best Twitterers on various topics. So we hacked together the site in two weekends called the Shorty Awards, where anyone could tweet a nomination for another uh, Twitter user, so you'd write, uh, at least at the time, you'd write at Shorty Awards, I nominate at so-and-so for the pound whatever award, and our site would create a real-time leaderboard. We, we did this thinking that it would just be a small, fun project, and we'd do a, instead there'd be an award ceremony, we, we thought there'd be like 10 people showing up. And then we launched this, and it took off virally over Twitter. The first year we got uh, 50... 50,000 tweet nominations. The second wow. year, we got 300,000 millions of uh, people tuning in. So, so after that first one took off, we put together a big award ceremony. We have the Knight Foundation, Pepsi, FedEx's sponsors. And that I can talk more about some of our other products in a bit, but it kind of put us on this path of creating a network of websites to tell you who's who on the real-time web. Awesome. It's unbelievable how quickly it took off. We, we honestly weren't all that big of believers in Twitter until, until only after we did the Shorty Awards and we saw how quickly they could grow over Twitter. So did, you, did Sawhorse Media exist before Twitter, or was this kind of like just how it all started? Well, we existed before Twitter. We were early on, and we were experimenting with a bunch of different products at the time. So we were actually really interested in short-form media. We were working on a couple websites that uh, were kind of inspired by Twitter, but we didn't build them on top of Twitter because we didn't, again, you know, we just didn't believe that Twitter was also a lot smaller at the time, but we didn't believe that as a platform that uh, you could ever build another business using. And then it was only because kind of the, the side joke project took off that we saw, oh, wait, there really is something to Twitter, and then we repositioned the whole strategy to go from short-form content kind of on its own website to, to plugging in with the existing uh, social networks and existing profiles people have. So how do you see Twitter now at this point? Obviously, it's played a big role in, especially the Shorty Awards, but given, given that and, and your changed attitude towards it, how do you see it factoring in at this point? 
Yeah, we've seen it still. It, it, it still just continues to grow and get much bigger. The second year, we, we more than doubled the size. We also launched a network of vertical sites, including Muckrack that aggregates all the journalists on Twitter, Venture Maven that aggregates all the VCs on Twitter, and then we've um, also started working with American Express to, to power a site for them and Condé Nast. And most recently, we launched a site called The Storius that's a uh, directory of Twitter. So we've seen that the challenges have kind of only, uh, the challenges to find good stuff on Twitter have only grown because there are just many more people on Twitter, whereas like uh, a year and a half ago, it still felt like virgin territory and people weren't taking it terribly seriously. Now there are just so many Twitter accounts. So we're finding that the, the chaos, the chaos of Twitter and social media in general is only increasing, and we think that uh, creates more opportunity for filters and, and people can, who can tell you what's important. So how do you determine what's important then? Who are the top um, Twitter people who tweet to follow? We find that the real key to it is to crowdsource and get lots of people, except for having a lot of people have been crowdsourcing content you know, famously uh, Wikipedia and, uh, and, and then you know, Google tried it with Noel. Like, there's been a whole effort, effort to do that. We're, we're really working to crowdsource curation. So our, our premise is that now, five years ago, you needed to create more content, make content creation easier. Now we've got lots of content out there. You need to make it easier for people to curate and for lots of people to say what's important of all this content. So that's really how we do it. With the Shorty Awards, it was primarily through the nominations. So we got hundreds of thousands of people nominating each other. That was kind of the first filter. And then we paired that with the Real-Time Academy of Short-Form Arts and Sciences to choose the winner, a group that we helped to create of uh, various industry luminaries. Then with uh, Listorius, that one, we, we took advantage of Twitter, Twitter's new list feature. So when Twitter launched their uh, list feature last November, they approached us about just publishing all of our sites and shorty winners as Twitter lists. This is a feature that Twitter introduced, so anyone could make a list of other Twitterers. So you could make your list of um, experts in SEO, put them on this Twitter list, and then other people could find it. Except with Twitter, we were talking to them, and they said they really weren't building any features to find these lists, they would just let everybody make it. So that, so we uh, saw that as an opportunity. We called them back two hours later and said, okay, well, we'll make a directory of Twitter lists and we'll, we'll build a search engine around and analyze it. And so with that, we launched Listorious. So at that site, we've had tens of thousands of people create these Twitter lists, then submit them to us and tag them so that we have some classification of what they are. Then through that, we were able to index this metadata of the lists and the tags on over a million Twitter users. So if you go to the Storius now mm -hmm. and do a search for SEO expert or New York City venture capitalist or whatever term you want to throw in there, it'll give you pretty good search results as a result of tens of thousands of people creating Twitter lists. Dang, that's, that's seriously crazy. Um, there is so much content on Twitter, it's pretty unbelievable. So 
uh, where do you see? I mean, this, it was such a such a great idea when that started out because, like you said before, before it was like, okay, well, we need to grow the content, but now there is an unbelievable amount of content on Twitter. So, would you say that the main way that you dig through the content to find these lists to follow uh, is that is mostly on user interaction and just people submitting the lists? Yeah, we found it just has to work that way. We we tried doing it uh, with an editor-driven way where we would have editors kind of take on different verticals and try to categorize who's in it. And then we were kind of mapping out, like, okay, what would it take to scale and have, like, enough editors to go through every vertical and find out all the people who are important. And we did the math, and it was just overwhelming. I mean, the, probably the most famous example of someone doing it with an editorially driven way is about.com, where they said, okay, we want to do topic pages yeah. on every category, so we'll just hire, you know, they hired hundreds of editors to create content on all these different categories. But about.com had going in its favor that, one, the Internet was a lot younger then, so there was less stuff out there. And two, that it was all permanent content. So you had that person write the guide to the best tourist spots in New York City once, and it'll change a little bit year to year, but pretty much it's evergreen content. Now with the real-time web, you have a few challenges. You just have uh, much more content out there. I mean, you imagine just in one day of this year, we're probably creating more content than they did in an entire year back in the 90s. And then that's a totally made-up statistic, by the way, so don't, don't look into it. I, I would believe it, though. <laughs> the other really big challenge is that it's real-time. So whereas before you'd, you'd only have some blog posts come out every day or newspaper articles come out maybe once or twice a day, now you have tweets coming out extremely quickly. And when news breaks, when a trend happens, people expect to hear about it within seconds or minutes. So to put a human editor in between the tweets and the reader just isn't practical or kind of would undermine the entire point of real time. Mm -hmm. So what we found is that the, the challenge is kind of coming in as you get lots and lots of these updates, and you really can't spend the time to have anybody process each individual tweet, each individual update. So what you have to do instead is be able to analyze the millions of sources that are out there and to know which sources are trustworthy, which sources have expertise, and which sources are worth listening to. So another point is that you've seen the evolution of Twitter then go from kind of a thing that was, you know, really cool in like the tech circles, and then it kind of got a little bit more mainstream, and then eventually business has caught on to it as, you know, a way to market their services or run promotions, etc. Um, so how has that evolution of Twitter to become like this huge blow-up thing uh, really affected the, what you guys do at Sawhorse? Yeah, it's really let us grow, the, uh, grow our company and kind of grow our brands around it, where we found even when we did the Twitter the first, even when we did the Shorty Awards the first time around, it was late 08, early 09, we found it was kind of notable in that it got, it was at the early adopter phase then, but it wasn't just an early adopt, techie early adopters. It was early adopters a lot from the advertising, media, and entertainment circles, uh -huh. which really surprised or 
kind of delightfully surprised us and it let us have an event that was very diverse in terms of uh, the industries that it drew from. And we got to interact early on with a lot of journalists who were on Twitter and figuring it out. I think part of that, too, because it was strong in media, gave New York, where we had the event, a bit of an edge over uh, San Francisco, even though Twitter itself is based in San Francisco. And it, it, it kind of made the evolution of it much more interesting in that the big, even the big figures of Twitter early on, like back then, you know, like Shaquille O'Neal, Ashton Kutcher, um, names that everybody yeah. knew very quickly, uh, all the presidential campaigns getting on there. Whereas it, it didn't have to kind of go through the, the cycle that we've seen of so many other trends where it just stays kind of within technical circles for years before starting to break out into other industries. So you, Sawhorse Media, is located in Dumbo, and you just happen to be being featured on our Dumbo edition. Um, so you, Sawhorse Media, started out in Dumbo how many years ago? When did you guys, when were you guys founded? We got started uh, about two, three years ago now. Awesome, awesome. And so you, you guys then were located in Dumbo before it became this huge uh, competitor almost to Madison Avenue. And the, <laughs> uh, the Wall Street Journal just featured an article about how Dumbo is kind of the new digital mecca. So how have you seen Dumbo and the digital services that um, are located in Dumbo kind of evolve over the, over the years that you've been there? And to me, my real metric was that when we started, I would I'd call people up, partners, clients, potential employees. Nobody would come out to meet us. They'd be like, Dumbo, where, middle of the day, and I'd have to meet them all in Manhattan. Now it's really easy to get people to come out here to meet us. Everyone's heard of Dumbo. They've heard of great companies that have come from Dumbo. They're intrigued to come and check it out and go under the East River. So that... <laughs> that that to me has been the real measure of uh, of success is can you get Manhattanites to leave their island and I think that we've all we've all achieved that and even at uh, a lot of the events here now we, we we find you meet a lot of people who neither live nor work in Dumbo they just come out to check it out yeah and then I think We're actually the the Shorty Awards the ones that we did the first time around in early '09. Uh, I think it's safe to say that that was the largest kind of tech advertising media event in Dumbo up until that time. Since then, there have probably been a few others of at least equivalent size, uh, if not attention. But it was, it was really exciting to be able to bring the Shorty Awards, do the first one at Dumbo, and, and that only happened because we were fortunate enough to connect with Galapagos, and uh, they were very supporting for us getting it off the ground in just a two-month time span. Wow. But it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Just to be, I mean, the reason I wanted to do it down here the first year was just to take people out of their element into something kind of uh, completely new for them and make it a, a full-on experience. And I think that's what Dumbo offers. Right. Definitely become the envy of the town. That's yeah. super exciting. <laughs> Speaking of events in Dumbo and digital, are you coming to Digital Dumbo this week? I will be there. Fantastic. Then we'll meet you in person. I'm so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we just have one more question for you then. Um, where are you – what's your next thought – what are your next thoughts for Sawhorse Media? Where are you guys going to go? I mean, a lot of uh, changes are happening on Twitter. 
um, where the you know their user base is still growing really really quickly. Um, they're introducing Twitter as an advertising platform. Sponsored tweets are huge. Um, wh where do you see the opportunity lying, and how do you plan to uh, use those benefits uh, with with Salesforce Media? We're still staying focused on figuring out the who's who of this all. So the who's who of Twitter. We'll also start to be doing some stuff with Facebook, where we provide similar value to tell you who's who on Facebook, since they're starting to opening up in the uh, in the style of Twitter. And we think that that's the area that, that's really kind of our niche, our uh, sweet spot within all that. But we've got a lot of new products coming out now to deliver on that promise. So over the next month, you should see us uh, launch uh, these two big new products, and they should uh, provide a lot of value in terms of figuring out who's who. Very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you so much for being on our show. I mean, we are huge fans of um, Listorious, and it's just quite an accomplishment to be um, some of the to have some of the number one directories of Twitter. So that's that's very cool. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to to talk to us. And we can't wait to meet you at Digital Demo. Absolutely. And any of our listeners can meet you, too. So we'll be looking forward to that. My pleasure. It's always great to talk to fellow Dumboites. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Great talking to you, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. Real-Time Digital will be back after this download from our sponsors. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link-building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEOfox link building report. <laughs> Sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with conversioncritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of Cirque, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to Real-Time Digital, presented by TheJarGroup.com. Online marketing with measurable results. 
Here are your digital divas, Emily and Lauren. Welcome back to Real Time Digital, hosted by The Jar Group. Uh, check out our website at thejargroup.com. Um, we're really excited to bring on the next two guests of our show. They are Caitlin Villanova from Carrot Creative. Hi, Caitlin. And we have Andrew Zarek from The Jar Group. We're super excited to have you two as guests. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, do you want to start out by just giving us a short introduction? This is Caitlin Villanova, and I am the Director of Account Services and Business Development for Carrot Creative. We're a full-service social media shop focusing on um, everything digital from strategy to creative uh, development um, and really kind of focus mainly on our flagship clients, which are Disney, Ford, the NFL, The Onion, um, Ralph Lauren, Chap and uh, a number of different clients. Awesome. My name is uh, Andrew Zarek. I'm digital strategist for the JAR Group. I'm on the execution team and managing strategy, uh, communicating business goals between clients and those goals back you know, to our internal team. All right. Well, to get the ball rolling, how did you guys come up with the concept of Digital Dumbo? Okay. So Digital Dumbo started in January of 2009. Uh, it was a collaborative effort between myself and uh, Kristen Maverick from Care Creative, and since then, Care Creative has played a tremendous role in supporting uh, the event. Um, basically, the the idea of the event was to create a forum in the Dumbo neighborhood of Brooklyn, so that people could come together to share ideas, kind of educate each other on what's new and um, developing in digital, as well as foster new business in the area. Uh, so for those listeners that aren't exactly familiar with what, what Dumbo is, it's a neighborhood in downtown Brooklyn. It's about four blocks radius between the Manhattan and Brooklyn Bridge, and there happens to be a, a tremendously large population of digital shops, both creative, development, startups of, of all sizes. So uh, well-established companies and then growing agencies and entrepreneurs as well. And I think the important thing to note is that Digital Dumbo, when it started back in January, before my involvement, um, it was really, you know, 20 people in a bar getting together, having a chance to, to learn about, you know, what, every, what other agencies were doing. Now it's turned into a 400-person with people from all across the industry um, and giving them a, a location and a place to really get together and learn. As you know, last week, the Wall Street Journal released an article pointing Dumbo as the next rival to Madison Avenue, and it's pretty awesome that Digital Dumbo has been able to play a part in that. So how have you seen Dumbo evolve since, since being there with the Carrot Creative and the Jar Group? And how do you think Digital Dumbo plays a role in that evolution? Digital Dumbo, like I said, was started at the beginning of last year. I've been in Dumbo personally for about three years, and uh, you know, in those three years, it's amazing just to see all the, you know, the number of digital companies that have moved to Dumbo, mainly because, um, you know, the cost to rent office space in Dumbo is very reasonable compared to that of Manhattan. So as more companies began to move to the neighborhood and people began began meeting each other, you know, we've we created Digital Dumbo to, like I said, serve as a, a forum um, to enable networking people to meet. So um, I'd like to think that Digital Dumbo, you know, having grown over the past year in attendance, has brought more people together, and it has also kind of brought the spotlight on Dumbo, um, in addition to uh, kind of the 
neighborhood being coined the New York Digital District. So the the press were receiving around you know Digital Dumbo combined with the New York Digital District mm-hmm. um, effort has definitely served to uh, put the spotlight on Dumbo. So Digital Dumbo is really the catalyst that led to the development of the New York Digital District, which is a nonprofit, um, you know, sort of parent organization that that really was was guided by the draw of Digital Dumbo. Um, and, you know, we were thrilled to see mentioned in the Wall Street Journal article kind of promoting not only the agency that I work for, Care Creative, but also the, you know, fostering of technology's new headquarters right in Brooklyn, New York. So how do you guys then use digital media to promote Digital Dumbo? So initially we kind of seeded the concept with a few uh, digital thought leaders in the neighborhood and got the word out to them to let them know that we were forming this meetup. And uh, from there, we, you know, the first thing we really did was establish our social media presence. So we set up a, a Twitter account, a Tumblr account, a Facebook fan page, and also set up a group on LinkedIn. So, you know, between tapping the influencers, the influencers in the neighborhood and, you know, seeding the idea for uh, Digital Dumbo, we then leveraged our social media presences to kind of organize and grow the attendance. So purely, we do, at this point, we're still working on developing our website. So the social media presences really serve to kind of spread um, the news that there was this new uh, meetup in Dumbo, and uh, it kind of virally spread, and attendance has continued to grow through both word of mouth and across social media over time. So, so how have you seen Digital Dumbo grow since you guys started it? I mean, I know it's had amazing growth, but, but just firsthand, why don't you tell us a little bit about how it's just become so huge? A lot of the growth of the event has really been um, around word of mouth marketing. I think that social has played such a part in the outreach for the event, whether it's the Twitter handle or the Facebook page, or even the fact that on the Eventbrite invitation, you can see the attendee list. And I think that there's a lot of draw in that you want to know who's participating, who's part of the community, and really, you know, if you're looking for whether it's a job or a client or, you know, a certain service, you can, you know, you can find that in a comfortable, non-intimidating community, unlike some of the other tech groups that are um, more Manhattan centralized. This has just a really welcoming vibe to it. And mm-hmm. I think that the outreach has really been, you know, the, the spread of the event has really, we can attribute it back to the fact that it's a comfortable place to, for, you know, for people to go and, and really just get a chance to have real conversations. And one thing that definitely worked in our favor, I think, is the fact that we are in Dumbo and we did start the event in Dumbo and there's somewhat of a built-in audience there since there is such a high concentration of companies in the neighborhood, so it's not too hard for people to stop in to, you know, grab a drink and meet some like-minded people on their way home, uh, you know, catching the, the F train or the A train. Um, so, you know, that factor along with, like Caitlin said, the format of our event. Um, so we usually have, you know, try to have free drinks, which in itself is a lure, but also um, we do have a sponsoring company, and we kind of let that sponsor brand the event as they want it. So usually a 10 to 15 minute presentation and then um, some of they, they like to 
branded in other ways too, whether it's, you know, icebreakers or, you know, giving away gifts, that sort of thing as well. I think initially most of our audience was in Dumbo, uh, but over time we've definitely seen more Manhattan people make their way over to Dumbo. We're uh, by no means exclusive to only people that work in Dumbo, and that is a question that comes up a lot, but we're open to people attending no matter where they are. Great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess I guess some of the bigger agencies have a new kid in town that they got to deal with. Do you think Do you think it's going to be a, a peaceful cohabitation, or do you think there's going to be some Madison Avenue versus Dumbo wars? <laughs> well, Andrew and I have been asked a similar question in uh, other you know interview segments, and we don't see it as much of a rivalry at all. Only because if you are in the digital age. The idea of this, you know, elusive Madison Avenue almost doesn't exist. Um, I think the days of traditional, you know, I'm picturing a Mad Men type environment doesn't isn't really part of our culture working in digital. So we don't necessarily see any animosity at all because we don't necessarily work in the world that acknowledges that side of the of the. You know, it's not part of our, our, you know, something that we engage with daily. Right. I would agree with that as well. Uh, so, I mean, we're in an age where traditional is merging with digital, and we're just open to embrace that. And then, I mean, we're obviously open to anybody that works on, quote, unquote, Madison Avenue to join us oh. because there's a lot we can learn from them, and there's, you know, a lot they can learn from us as well. Um, so we're just trying to foster that collaboration, but I definitely don't see it as a war per se. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's a really that's, that's a really good point and an awesome outlook. So we're happy to hear that. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about this week's event? Um, what's going on this Thursday? I know it's hosted by the Jar Group, so we're really excited about that. You want to tell our listeners a little bit more? Sure. So this week's event is, of course, taking place in Dumbo at a venue called the Dumbo Loft. Uh, sponsored by the, the Jar Group and DumboNYC.com. And uh, we're announcing a program to give back to local charities. Uh, Dumbo is, has a large population of artists as well, artists and a number of other nonprofits. So um, from this event on forward, we'd like to give back to those charities uh, by giving a, a portion of the tips that go into the tip jar. Uh, so this event will, like I said, be sponsored by the Jar Group and Dumbo NYC, and will um, all charitable donations will be going to uh, the Brooklyn Community Foundation. Awesome. Well, listeners, if you've never been out to Dumbo, here's your chance to come take a visit this Thursday and be a part of something great. Um, we're out of time, but we want to thank Andrew and Caitlin for being on our show, and we're very excited about this Thursday's event. So, yeah, Thank come you. on this Thursday's event, and we hope to uh, see you guys next week and tune in with Real Time Digital again, hosted by thejargoop.com. Thanks so much.